The Lore Network. Nerds, geeks, and dweebs alike love their particular fandom and often challenge those around them to resist the temptation to become fans themselves. Welcome to Resist This, a podcast put on by Focus Fire Chat, where I, Blue Crew 86, and Green Eyed Music Lover, <laughs> challenge each other to consume various books, TV shows, and, well, really any other fandom inspiring content, and then discuss the ups, downs, insides, and outs, all sides, really. This ep- all, the all the things, all the things. Uh, this episode we featured a, I guess it's a fandom. I don't know. It's more of a favorite of mine. Uh, Merchant mm-hmm. and Alchemist Gate. Uh, it's a short story that actually is connected to Destiny. Uh, I challenged Green to read. I think it's like five pages. No, it's like what? It's twenty pages. It's got a yeah. It's not super long, but it took me a good bit of time to read, just because you kind of want to slowly work your way through it. Yeah, this one. Well, and this one especially, it does actually like. There's a few parts where I remember when I read through first time, and I was like, "Hang on, wait," and I had to go back a couple pages to be like, "What yeah. is going on?" Okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. So like, this is Merchants and Alchemist Gate. Uh, so kind of a basic introduction of how I was introduced to it. Um, actually, it was Destiny who that introduced me to it uh there's a reference to this back in d1 with ghost fragments uh what was that vex um and this was a reference that i believe maya sundaresh made while they were dealing with the problem problematic vex simulations of themselves and so i went digging and i found out that it was a short story that was written actually fairly fairly recently it was like in late 2000s early 2010s um uh by ted chiang ted chiang chiang i don't know how you pronounce the last name uh but it's a it's a short story it's very very in the same vein as like philip k dick uh some of like yeah philip k dick and uh, arthur c Clarke's short stories um that's kind of the feeling that i got with it especially with like the 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 length of it um it's Mm -hmm. It's a really easy read, and so I I had kind of found a PDF of it out there, and I had offered it over to the Focus Fire group. Um, I don't know how many people actually took us up on it. So when we first started this whole thing, it was like it was one of those things where I, I knew Green hadn't hadn't read it, and I was like, we're gonna do one of the early ones. That's not true. I had started. You had started it, it. Just, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. I just never finished. But it. I was like, I was like, we're gonna do this one because this one actually connects back to Destiny, and it's. And it's a, it's an interesting connection. Um, but so Green, what was what was your first impression of? It's not really a book of the the short story. Um, it definitely came across as being written from a perspective that is not familiar, because a lot of this takes place in the Middle East, right? Like there's the Egyptian tie-in kind of mm-hmm. thing. Where are they at? I'm, uh, are they, do they say Baghdad? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, he was. But that's born... only one of the locations. He... The other one was in. Uh, was it Jerusalem? It's somewhere out. The, there's Damascus. Oh no, that's just the silk from Damascus. But um, it's in that Middle East area, so you have a very. I thought it was a fairly clear representation of the cultural courtesies. Mm -hmm. So that was like the first thing that hit me is just that very humble servant and 
opening and it's very um a lot of respect given back and forth that was the first thing i noticed cairo with it. cairo was the other one yeah that's right that's right it wasn't until quite a bit later that i figured out that it's more of a parable Mm-hmm. Yeah. In some ways, like it is it is very much like Arthur C. Clarke, like you were saying, that it has this time traveler feel to it. <laughs> but there's a reason that it has that feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is time travel, right. but right. it's the it's the time trap. Like if there was a story in the Bible about being careful <laughs> of wishing to be in the future or wishing to be in the past. This that, could fit. That, in you there. know, that's how it felt. That, I I agree completely with it. That is definitely yeah. it's definitely there. It's very um, it's a very Arabian Nights esque type yes. feel. Um, and not just not just because of the culture that it takes place in, but also because you're. I mean, yeah, it's like that weird. You don't really know like throughout if it's like a parable or if it's act like if yeah. it's actually like trying to be a, a story or whatever. I think is mm-hmm. really the. I don't know. I just I really liked it. Um, I, I really liked how they they kind of t- tackled the concept of time travel, but they told it from the perspective of like the the limited view of the traveler itself. Like that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, like with the with this particular these like little things, you know, we want to talk about like for the first kind of segment. I guess we want to call it. Um, what what like overall? What did you like best? about the short story i honestly liked showing the overlapping perspectives of what happened when he went back Mm -hmm. because you had the perspective of the character the primary character in the story but you also had the perspective of his wife like the story like because the guy goes into a shop right and he talks to the shopkeeper about this gate the shopkeeper is not surprised he's there at all and it starts to develop the story. And so the shopkeeper starts telling this gentleman about this time traveling gate that he has. And he tells him these parables, these stories about it. But in reality, these stories are actually tied co- sort of into what he's going through as well, or what he will be going through in some respects, because time travel is hard. But I I think I like the fact that, especially when the wife was brought in, the perspective of the wife, and then the perspective of the the man who lived very um, meagerly, Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that was because he he had stolen from himself. (laughs) It's so, which is sounding. It sounds so crazy. It it does. It but it it's one of those things where it's like as you're reading it, you're like it's it's those. Okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. And then you like stop and you think about it and you're like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. Like what? Well, like so he goes back and or he goes into the future, right? Like he he wants to get some money for this woman. He wants to woo this woman and have a dowry for this woman. And he goes into the future and steals from himself cuz surely he's been happy all those years. He doesn't need it any longer. <laughs> and then you find out that the reason why he lives so meagerly, like, is because he knows that his younger self is going to come steal that. And in order to have um, the dowry for the woman he loves, he has to basically set himself up. He is his own wingman. Yep. In some ways. Yeah. It, 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 but then, it embraces that fixed timeline 
sense yeah. very very well, actually, I think. I, I like how it does that. It was just interesting how the aspect from the wife coming next kind of ties into it with the selling of the necklace mm-hmm. and all the different things going on there. It's um, It does certainly make you think on what is a proper use of time travel, which... To be fair, the entire point of the story is that it's there's nothing that's it's really going to help you with, but it's inevitable you're going to do it anyway. Yep. So again, fixed timeline. <laughs> like that's the the depressing reality of a fixed timeline yeah. world is that in like ultimately when you get down into it, uh, there is really no such thing as free will um, because everything is a fixed point. And that's that, you know, kind of to tie back into our conversation when we had about destiny. That's that's a there's actually a, a principle that's called the I think it's the Novikov self-consistency principle. And it basically is this thing that says, hey, look, in order for the timeline not to implode, this is what happens. And so when you like when we're talking about like all these like these self referring, like they almost seem like paradoxes, but they actually are preventing paradoxes. Mm-hmm. Which is this weird, like, it's just this really cool thing, but it's the way that, like, everything in this this cosmos is able to stay contained and not implode on itself requires, like, all these things to come to. Um, which, right. uh, what did you like least about it? You know, it's it's a mixed bag on what I liked least, because the thing that I liked least I also somewhat liked. Mm-hmm. Which is it sounds it sounds odd. It I thought it was appropriate. I guess is the better descriptor. But the ending, yep. the fact that it is so sad, yeah, the, and, and unescapable, right? And that that I appreciated as a reader. But I also, I mean, you just once you develop that relationship with the characters, where you start to feel for the character, you feel bad for him. So you don't necessarily want that to happen. But yeah. It, it was nice to see that it ended on a sad note, a very realistic mm-hmm. sad note for what was going on. It's just, yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Um, it's not a super catchy thing at first because there's no, it is a short story, so you're getting very blunt. There's no flowery. There's no, there's not a huge amount of description of the different locations that they're going to. Um, there is some, but. It is very contained within this short 18 pages. What that would be, maybe 3,500 words. Yeah, it's maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah, did a quick. I don't know. Doing a quick word count on the doc, the Google Doc. It looks like it's ten, ten, ten and a half thousand, ten point five thousand. Okay, so it's more than 3,500. Yeah, it's so 10,500 ish words. Yeah. Uh, did it did you so like i know when we talked about stormlight we talked about like how you know there was some reminiscence and we kind of mentioned a couple different things but were there any were there any other books or stories or anything that this like specifically called out and reminded you of it didn't specifically call out to anything and i i kind of get the whole connection to destiny but i had forgotten about the the direct reference within the lore Mm -hmm. rather than the concept because when I started reading this I had it in my head that you were meaning that the concept of time travel and destiny is related to this and I'm like but no mm, I mean mm-hmm. yes the con sort of but also no because I mean as far as the we thing know with arguing yeah. a f- right with arguing a fixed timeline <gasps> and the vex it becomes <laughs> so convoluted 
and it just breaks down what the like it breaks what the vex are if you try to force it upon it well in it some also ways. breaks the whole point from our perspective too right because like because that, that's like the cliffhanger or the the not the cliffhanger the uh the snag of the fixed timeline model is that mm-hmm. everything is fixed like that i mean by definition there is right. no there is no flexibility there's no changing what is going to happen and and from a story perspective like with a short story that's all fine and good but for something like destiny that's that's ultimately kind of problematic because it kind of removes the impetus for the character for the players to do anything they're like oh well right. you know there's nothing you can change it's going to happen the right. way it's going there's to happen no point. right right i think the nice thing about destiny though is that there's two different sets of destiny within destiny mm-hmm. because if you are not paracausal correct yep you are not exposed to this um multiverse as cleanly as guardians and the hive and whatnot are but or vex for that matter but if you're just a plain all human or plain exo you are gonna be in kind of a more fixed timeline mm-hmm. yeah and that's what i do appreciate hundred percent right that's why i appreciate the more. call out was because i think that kind of was the challenge was is it possible to exist in a multiverse and a fixed timeline mm-hmm. you know is that is that I, two models that are able to be compatible with each other yeah i mean destiny is a experiment on that very thought game i will say there is one book that came to mind um that the Merchant and the Alchemist kind of reminded me of both the writing style and the somewhat concepts. Um, it was The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. It was a best-selling book for a while. Uh, I don't think it's on the bestsellers list anymore. I think it came out two or three, oh, maybe five years. Uh, it's not super, super old, but it has a very interesting perspective on magic and Mm. the consequences it deals very very heavily on the consequences of being raised within magic in a very structured version versus being raised with magic in a more feeling and emotional version if yeah anyway it's a um it's somewhat of a love story but also not but also very Cirque du Soleil Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm The kind of like that reminds me of like the difference between like a D and D sorcerer and a D and D wizard esque type approach to magic. Yes, very much so. That um, they're still able to manipulate the same concepts, but there there's a bet that goes on in the Night Circus, mm. and they're pitted against each other. You also, if I remember correctly, you don't actually ever see the result of the bet. <laughs> Which is a really mean <laughs> trick, but it's maybe that's why it reminds me of the Merchant and the Alchemist is because it ends in a way that you're not expecting. Right? Yeah. No, that's fair. That's yeah, that's fair. Um, well, real quick, do you want to take a ad break and then we'll jump into like yeah. the the style? I guess the style analysis, if you want. Sure. Tune into the Spin Foil Theory podcast for questions. Who is an or? Who is an or? What is an or? What is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. For spinfoil theories. Mars Sabbath Moon. The Spinfoil Theory Podcast. Insert information here. 
So why he didn't he didn't give the he didn't give the information he didn't give, he didn't give the information? Oh, uh, Spinfoil Theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at at Twitter at Spinfoil Theory and or uh, uh, Spinfoil Theory at gmail.com. Okay, so on so like obviously like you had mentioned it's a short story so the style like short stories tend to be i think you you kind of said they're kind of blunt like you know they don't they don't they don't really have time to mess around with you know flowery stuff mm-hmm. um that being said i don't are you have, are you a big fan of short do you read a lot of short stories honestly i haven't read too many okay. since college but there have been a few that will pop up on reddit that are just the analysis mm-hmm. of xyz right kind of right thing. so how did you um, how did you feel about the writing style for this for this one well i would say that the last story that i read for short story that would semi remind me of this is i was at one point in time reading quite a bit of lovecraft yes which I'm are actually, also short I'm stories working my way through a collection of them actually right now yeah i know and i I stopped reading those at night because I was having trouble sleeping. <laughs> what? I can't understand. Why would you have trouble? <laughs> no, that's oh, yeah. not that. But, yeah, uh, no. 100% I could understand. Oh, it's even worse. There was a podcast where oh, the guy no. did the readings like I do for Destiny Lore Audiophile, and he was very good at very, scaring the bejesus out of you. It's very Ray of the Coos for you. Right. Yeah. But... um. The interesting thing when it comes to a short story prose versus short story in other forms, because I've done short stories or have read a lot of short stories in poetry form, mm-hmm. because there's quite a few poems out there. Um, the one that I went to state with back in high school for um, like a dr- uh, drama competition was uh, Patterns by Amy Lowell. And it's a short story as well. And the even though there are less words within the poetry than there is in this prose that we have with the Merchant and Alchemist, there's a very similar style in the storytelling. You have small segments as almost if it's chapters, but they're only a page. It's the small mini stories that you're getting in this overarching story. Mm, So within the short story aspect of Merchant and the Alchemist, you have the initial greeting to the shopkeeper the shopkeeper tells what two, three different parables within yeah. the time there. Like there's at least at least three can, that I can remember yeah. off the top of my head. Um, it's not necessarily all the same shopkeeper either, because the guy I think gets told what two parables or maybe three parables, then goes to Cairo. And yeah, I can't remember. I I can't remember if it's the same shopkeeper though, because I remember him asking about the shop in. Cairo right so I can't I yes, I don't it, think it, it was it was, was the, it the same okay. it was the same one but he wouldn't have known right that's right that's right yeah. The man yeah because he goes to the past yeah and because um certain gates what was it certain gates go one direction yeah there and it can only go back so far as the gate has been there I think it's like 20 years I think was the well, yeah the jump point or something the gate of years yeah but the the gate within the first city is really fairly young, so it only goes back a few years. Right, so the that's guy right. travels yeah. down to Cairo to go to the older gate that's been there much, much yes. longer. Gate of seconds and gate of years. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting to see the different parables within it. So you're getting, you have the meta story of this 
following this main character, but then you have these many stories and many groupings of characters that you're also getting in here. So he does a really good job of creating that connection, not only through um, just the concept of basic storytelling. It's not just one story because he could very easily say, hey, this guy goes and tries to see his wife and it doesn't work out. I mean, I mean, you could have it be as very straightforward as that. But instead, he goes into the concepts of what would be the problem with this? What could go wrong? What are the things that could go right? And he does a good job of weaving all these minis groupings together into the bigger one. Mm-hmm. What I will say oh, no, sorry. that sorry. the... Um, no, I know. I'm I'm reading through the questions, too. I will say that the delivery in this one does take a bit of getting used to. Because mm-hmm. the first time I read it, I was like, okay. I I stopped after the first page. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh. it. That's the benefit of it being a short story, though, is that you can, like, yeah. you can sit down, you can read it, kind of digest a little bit, and then reread it. Because sometimes short story... Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to me... Because like I'll I'll notice this with especially like Philip Philip K. Dick's short stories are especially like this, like you read it and like his stories are literally two or three pages. Like he he has a sure. very concise writing style, and but you read it and you're like okay, and then if you read it again you're like wait what? Like there's a completely different story that you pick up, you know, having read it again. Um, and this one, I think I kind of got that feeling from, I think the, like for me, it was pretty effective, but it was even more effective because it was a short story and you kind of were, right. you felt okay and kind of encouraged to reread it because it wasn't like a, you know, 5,000 page book where you are like, oh, I got to, you know, right. dedicate a year to doing this again. I really did have to go back and read each segment. I think I actually read this in segments, so... It's nice that when you're kind of going through it, you have the opening introduction part of the story, and then you get to the tale of the fortunate rope maker, and then where's the next one? The tale of the weaver who stole from himself, (laughs) which is the guy who goes to the future and steals the money so he can get the girl he wants. And then I think the third one is the wife, right? The tale of the wife and her lover, which is the same story... (laughs) As the one who goes and steals from himself, but it's basically she saves his life Oh, because she and her future self and her past self. Oh my self gosh, I forgot about all together. The, the different selves. Yeah. Oh, I love. It's just like, okay, leave it to the girls <laughs> to figure out how to game the system. Because the girls totally gamed the system. That like is if you want to find like my perfect story within the story, read the sec like read the one with the weaver and then read the one with the wives. And the wives is my favorite part, but you have to know the weaver story because he's such a schmuck in the weaver story. <laughs> but then the wife comes in and she's all sweet and she's figured everything out. It's it's great. It's great. Um <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot that she gave the system with her with herself using the uh-huh. what was it the necklace? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think the the what was it the band of bandits? Yeah, they that the guy had stole the treasure from recognized the necklace right. <laughs> and 
she convinced her current, I guess it was her current self as her past self. I don't remember which one. It's one of the two. Um, she convinced them to go with her because if the necklace was not rare, <laughs> it couldn't be the bandits gave the up one. <laughs> on trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. So she saves his life because he's a dummy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I completely forgot that part, like that that little, I forgot that she used herself. Like I remember, I mm-hmm. remember the, the, like the reading the necklace part, but I forgot it was, <laughs> I forgot that she had gone and gotten her future self to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, um, so I guess, I guess that does kind of dovetail into like the, the character development, you know, like, is there like with short stories, it's kind of sometimes a, a toss up, but like on this one. What did you think about, you know, was there character development and what was, what did it, what were your thoughts on that? I think there's a forced character development because it's so short. Um, It doesn't happen naturally because you're not sustaining over a large period of time per se, right? Like you're not reading through a lot of different stories. You're reading through the forced character development comes in the fact that all these parables are thrown in there and the parables are being told to the main character. And so he's being told by the wizard. Like if you go back to the old, I know you hate it, but the old, um, Oh, Tolkien model Mm -hmm. where it talks about the, Oh gosh, what is it? The something hero. Oh, the, um, hero's journey. Yeah. Hero's journey. That's, uh, that's not Tolkien, but yeah, 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 no. That's um, that same era, though. Yeah, era, he's guys. the, oh, God, oh, I forgot the guy who did it, but yeah, no, 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 yeah. I could see his I face. Know, I, he has his own, he has his own Spotify playlist. Did you know that? I'm, I did not, but I'm also not really yeah. surprised, like, I. Campbell. Campbell, that's right. Joseph, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, yep. It clicked. Yep. Yeah, he has his own playlist where he goes through all of the, um, eastern religions and the philosophies and he tells the parables through that <sighs> so if you guys it's actually quite good it, it's it, not it's, he doesn't go through the hero's journey in each of them that's not the premise oh, he's literally okay, just telling okay, okay. you about um buddhism he's telling you about gotcha. some of the hindu stories okay. he's talking about how the different religions kind of intertwine together it's fascinating i'll accept it <laughs> okay begrudgingly i uh-huh. I know you hate Hero's Journey, well, but it has my, that my kind problem of with, wizardy Yeah, feel. my problem with the Hero's Journey is just that it's like you have to take such a 50,000-foot view. It's like it completely, in a way, destroys the whole point of the story itself. Right. But anyways, uh, so like I know this is kind of a self-answering question, but as a short story, <laughs> it's kind of a standalone. So like the ending... Yeah isn't really i mean would would you consider the ending a cliffhanger the i mean the ending doesn't have a solid conclusion because mm-hmm. it doesn't end in like a death or a bilbo or frodo going off into the east or anything like that or the west i don't remember which direction they went they went on a boat, <laughs> went ride. On a boat. It, after six other endings that were written into the story <laughs> um let me tell you how I feel about that. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Still hate the ending. Which one? All of them. All of them. Too many. I just remember getting get to the it, end though. of that and being like, oh, God. Are, are we done? Like, is this actually the I, end or is this? 
You know, I think it was just exasperated. Or exasperated. Ex- it was just overdone in the movie. In oh, the books, yeah, I can see that. It's not nearly as bad, but the way that it was shot for the movies just made it so much more clear that this is... And the story went on, and this is what happened to this group, and this is what happened to this group, and Pippin and Mary survive, and Sam got married to the barmaid, and, like, so many endings. It's like, I don't need to know what happens to everybody. <laughs> they lived all happy ever after. Done! <laughs> yeah. I do I do Sorry. actually like the, the last sentence of here, of this one. Uh, mm-hmm. It says, nothing erases the past. There is repentance, there is atonement, and there is forgiveness. That is all, but that is enough. Like, I really actually, I think that's really kind of, I just, I like how that just kind of, it really ties everything up in a way. Yeah. Like, it it definitely. It's a parable within the parables. Yeah, it definitely leaves it open because of other things that happened in the end. But at the same time, it's a good, like, note to end on. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, forgiving yourself for some of your own choices. Well, and that and that kind of. I think it gives you that key a little bit more to do that because it gives you permission. You realize to. how. Yeah. Yeah. You realize how your choices, while they do matter, are in at least this story somewhat predetermined. Right, but I also like. Like that that's one of the reasons I do actually like this particular story when it deals with a fixed timeline is because it's presented and that's what I was kind of trying trying to say at the very beginning it's like it's a fixed timeline so that like from from an overarching view like from a, a god's perspective view air quotes there like everything is fixed mm-hmm. like everything is going to happen right. the way it's going to happen but from the person who's living that timeline every choice that is made is in the moment is a choice that is made like ultimately some i well, mean somewhat yes but i mean from the only one that i oh yeah go for it go the for only it. one i would say that doesn't do that is the one i think it would be the wife mm. mm-hmm. but i mean Though, but she chose mm-hmm. to save him right right but it's her past self talking to her future self like the past self is the one whose perspective you're in correct and she she does make the choice to go and talk to the older self, but the older self would have known yep. that she was going to come there because she had already experienced it as the younger self. Right, and this is this is where like I know, gosh, this makes me want to force you to watch Dark so much, but I would probably not subject you to that. Um, like if you want to watch it, it's a great show, but for for this, mm-hmm. it's because this 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 exact scenario is very important in that show. Um, mm-hmm. because they are presented with multiple times they're presented with this situation and every single time the future, like the, the current iteration either remembers or is setting up the memory for the future situation. And mm-hmm. every time it's also presented where like the future iteration does have the choice not to listen to it. They do, but like it, it's like in that moment they have that. They, there's still a a choice, but it's not like looking back. There is no choice, but at the moment there there is a choice. I don't know if that makes any sense, but right. like I like how they presented that very succinctly in this short story. In that in that sense that there is a choice when they are doing it, but 
when you're looking at the whole picture, it's like, oh, no, they're actually like the reason why that happened was because of, you know, this. this right. Because you can see the correct meta right. of it. Right. It's the um, in some ways it's the does the. Uh, oh, never mind. That doesn't work as well as I thought it was going to in my head. I process it before I got it fully out. Anyway, um, I, I do think other people would enjoy reading this. I don't think I would consider this necessarily one of my favorites, but I did find it interesting to read. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I will. I will agree. Like I, as far as some of the the thought provoking short stories that I've read, I think that this is definitely up in the top. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think again, Philip K. Dick has some that are just psychotropic to read and really challenge your your sense of morality. Um, and so like that's why his his particularly I find are generally my favorites but like this uh mm-hmm. I think it what was it Ted Chang um does I mean like does a really good job I and, and it, again the nice thing with again short stories is like it's not a big time commitment so like you can read it and if you don't like it it's like okay but if you do like it you know you can then go back and you can either invest as much or as little time as you really want with a short story. Um, you know what else I think is really interesting about short stories is that you are often primarily viewing things through the narrator. Mm-hmm. Like there is a narrator more so than there is the voice of the characters. There is some voice of the characters here, like that you will get a little bit of um, character development through the primary character, but it's very much so this narrator or the... Um, the other storyteller within it, the merchant itself mm-hmm. or himself. Who, yeah, who is, and that kind of goes back to like that Arabian Nights feel, right? Mm-hmm. Is the, mm-hmm. the, the narrator is a I, character who is narrating the story inside the story. Mm-hmm. It's the guy from, it's the Robin Williams character. Yeah. Oh God. It's the, the God. Merchant there are guy so many. Down. I love that Oh no, no, guy. no, 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 no. I like him. I, but have you seen all the conspiracy theories about how that, like how it fits into other Disney stories and like how it can, there's some really interesting. I have not. Oh man. I've seen there's... The, how Frozen fits in with a lot of them. Yeah. But... So Frozen's another one, but no, like there's, there's one, there's a, current there is like i'll have to see if i can dig it up because i don't remember it exactly but basically the idea is that aladdin takes place in a dystopian future where everything has fallen apart and the narrator is a is the is the genie and he's like basically the only one who can remember everything because he's a genie so he's the only one Mm -hmm. that's lived through all of it and like all the different things is because all the the world has basically moved on and it's just like it's just really it's it's I love Disney conspiracy theories because it's one of those things where it's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But then you start thinking about it, you're like, hmm, okay. It's Disney, though. I can see I can see where you're coming from. Like, don't necessarily agree, but there's a lot of coincidences. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that character, though. Oh, God, I, I like love, a storyteller yeah. character. He, he does, he, and it's Robin Williams, so you can't go wrong there. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess... Like, how would how would you pitch this story to someone without giving away the story? Like, this is what I was trying to think of. Like, even even in the discussion, like, sometimes it's kind of hard because, like, there's pieces that you need to talk about that you. Right. 
I think that um, the way that I would pitch this, and it would depend on the audience, but considering our audience, I would say that it is a book about time travel and the different possibilities that could happen in this type of time traveling universe or this type of universe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It fixes all the problems from... (laughs) Back to the Future. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it, just because it's, it, mm, because it's the fixed, it's timeline. fixed timeline. It's not dealing. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, it's not a. It's not a dynamic Mar- timeline. Uh, God, is it Marty? Yes, it's not Marty going back and messing with his mom. Oh like my that. God. That doesn't happen. John Mulaney has um, such the best summary of that. <laughs> uh huh. I know. I I like John Mulaney too. He also has a podcast. I don't. Know oh no! That. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Is. It's great because he he I don't remember what it's called, but um, he does this podcast with other comedians, and they talk about and they discuss bits that they're writing in the like at the process of it. Oh, no. It's super cool to like listen to because every comedian's got their own weird process, and oh my god, he's got some great guest on there. He uh, he just his his explanation of Back to the Future is just it's seriously one mm-hmm. of the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm disgraced nuclear physicist yes but merchant and the alchemist does a really good job of explaining a time traveling scenario in multiple different multiple different scenarios and how it all would fit together if everything was done through fate there's no paradoxes because it doesn't necessarily allow Mm -hmm. a paradox by having the fixed timeline correct so if you if you'd like to explore that, it does have a love story in it. It does have theft and kind of piratry and and it does have this desperateness to go and find one's love. Like there is a journey, there is a point to it and it doesn't end happily, which is not a great selling point, but well, it does have kind of a mystery at the yeah. end of it as well with dealing with the king, yeah, which it, oh you don't hear about the entire <laughs> freaking story until the end. The last two par- like he said the last line, it's the paragraph before you find out about a king. And it's like, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> that happened. <laughs> that happened. Oh, short stories. So, I mean, I guess yeah. in closing, would you recommend like – or would would you read something else by this guy, by this author? Perhaps. Um, I might try to read something that's a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Because I think if they had a little bit more space to flesh out a little bit more connection to the characters, that it would be a really compelling... I wouldn't say like Brandon Sanderson or Robert Jordan-length mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking... Kind of like your supermarket books, right, the right. Um, Jim Butcher size, something that's going to last maybe 20 hours for reading versus 56 or 70 or, right, you yeah. know, some. Yeah. So like, yeah, I would I would agree with that because I think I see I see the the potential for for someone who really does have a, a way of developing characters in a gen, in like a unique way. I definitely mm-hmm. feel have that feeling with this <clears throat> with this short story. So, and that doesn't always. I mean, the the thing is, is like again, kind of going back to Philip K. Dick. You know, Philip K. Dick never really wrote long stories. He he focused yeah. really on short stories. 
And some people are just better at they, writing short 100%. stories than they are writing long ones. Right. So, as frustrating as um, that can be, because there's some mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick stories that I really wish we had more on. But I think it would be interesting to read another one of his short stories and see if he takes the same formula, mm, because this is mm-hmm. a very particular formula that he used to tell this story. But I don't know if it would be as enjoyable the second and third time. Fair. You know, if you're expecting it. Very, very Ready Player One-esque. Yes. Well, there's a lot of books that have formulas. That's just the one that jumps out at me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, you know, I guess that's that's really the the gamut of questions that I have that puts us really close. Actually, I think we're right under the 45-minute mark, which is what we kind of set ourselves like, a time limit for um yeah i don't have a ending for this so i don't know if green nor do okay cool i was like i don't know if green hit it and i don't i don't have the the thing um so like can you resist this yes you could you could say whatever get we'll get someone we'll get rick to do a do a resist this scream at you yeah yeah, Um, something like that but yeah so let us know um either over on Twitter, uh, or in the comments on on this episode, or uh, you know whatever whatever is easiest. I think I'll probably try to get these over onto YouTube. Um, we're still trying to figure out exactly how we're doing this particular mini series, mm-hmm. but let us know what you think. And if you if you want a link to this uh, short story, we do have a a copy of it. Um, this particular one the next one that we'll be talking about is also another one that we can put a copy to but we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about that so until next time try to resist this 